thank you for joining us and welcome to the Product in LA podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Cole, and this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight in some of the exceptional technology leaders we have in the LA community. This is a special bonus track episode from my conversation with Andrew Scottsko. This was a, a really fascinating conversation that came up as part of my discussion with Andrew that didn't make it to the original show. I'm really excited to share it with you here. But first, a word from our sponsors. Product and Lay is brought to you by Yeruit. Do you need help completing your roadmap items? Yeruit is a digital product development agency with over 15 years of experience helping companies build web and mobile apps by embedding directly into their scrum teams. Yeruit's expert full-stack software developers provide quality code to help you get the job done. If you need React or Angular front-end devs, perhaps help with Node.js, .NET, or Python development, DevOps, or even product or design to help with solidify requirements, they're ready to help you close out roadmap items and actually release to customers. Learn more at Yeruit.com. That's U-R-U-I-T.com. We're also brought to you by the Product Managers Association Los Angeles, available at PMA.LA. They are the largest professional organization for product and developers in LA. With more than 3,000 members from over 500 companies, they host monthly meetups, organize the Product Leader Council, where CPOs and heads of product connect in small six to eight member pods, and have a mentorship program where they connect working product managers with students from underrepresented groups to help build a better and more diverse next gen. To learn more about PMA, go to pma.la. To learn more about the, member, the mentorship program, go to pma.la mentorship. And now, continuation of my conversation with Andrew Scottsko. I heard the um, CEO of Mami, M-E-H-M-E-E, -E, and it's, they're like a, a startup where they're trying to help create communities for women who are going through the childbirth process. So not just the end, of, not just the pregnancy, but then once you get to like the first year of having a kid. Hmm. And she was telling, she was telling a, a group of you know, she was speaking at an event and she was talking about how Mark Cuban became a, a, one of her investors, but through the courting process, she said how like intense it really was, how he like gets into the weeds. So like he would ask like a, a really interesting, easy question or not an easy question, but a really interesting question about her product via email. And then she'd respond and then he'd respond really quickly. And she's like, Oh no, I have to do it again. So like, she talked about like waking up at 2 a.m., getting an email from him Oof. and then her being like, I guess I'm not sleeping tonight and like spending the next two hours like crafting a good response to him. Jeez. Uh, but I think uh, she's, yeah, she, she talked about how quickly he responded. There's a time and a place for that. And then there's, <laughs> I also question at what point, like, that that to me feels like it may not have been value add as an investor. Yeah. Like I'm waking my, my the CEO I invested up at you know I'm waking them up at two in the morning. Yeah, and I've conditioned them to like respond to me. Like it may have been an, it may, it may have do been whatever like he wants. And he's been very successful, too. but I it's not what I would do. I wonder if it was like a litmus test. It was before it was while she was courting him, and so maybe mm -hmm. it was like, hey, if I email her at two a.m., what will 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 she respond? Mm -hmm. Are, is this person dedicated or is this kind of like, I don't have to say, I don't want to say you're not dedicated if you're not picking up the phone at, phone at 2 a.m., but is there, there's a level of dedication that I feel like some that, Yeah, that might can, be something he wants. Yeah, exactly. Like that may be something he- and I think I, think I may, on. in some ways, I may want that too for certain roles and for certain people I'm investing in. Like 
I think in the in the general sense, when it comes to like a company, I want there to be like this good balance. Mm-hmm. But when you get to like a f- early stage founder, I wonder if part of it is like, and I don't, I'm not, I don't know if he's doing this specifically or not, but like, you want to know they're all in because to mm-hmm. make an early stage company work, mm-hmm. you can't just be, there's, you, can't have, you can't have balance. There's, and I don't know. I mean, I know there's a lot of founders who are like, you know, new parents and all these things and they're trying to make it happen. But I just, I just don't know how you could be as successful as you could be as like a pre-seed founder and not be like, this is my life. I'm dedicating my life to this thing because just because of the sheer amount of work that needs to be done with the limited amount of resources and the time frame that you need to push it out in. So I, I hear what you're saying and I agree with it partially. Yeah. Where I, where I would push back is I, I think there's a lot of behavior like that that is sort of, um, I'm not sure exactly the, what the word I'm looking for is, but it's almost like we're playing into a myth. We're playing into mm. a story. We're playing into a narrative that has been very well developed and popularized by Silicon Valley media, which is basically backed by VCs. And I have no problem with VCs or whatever, but like, it's also like you have to consider that there's a, there's very asymmetric incentives in that structure. Like VCs have a whole portfolio of bets. Yeah. If you're that entrepreneur, you have one bet right now. Right. And so you're, you're like, they, they want things from you that are not necessarily in your interest. Uh. It's the same way that like, it may totally be in a founder or a founding team's interest to sell for a nice multiple, right? Get a, get a solid exit, but it's not a unicorn. Right. But because VCs, typically speaking, have a, their entire existence essentially is driven by power law returns. They need all of theirs to be unicorns that what VCs live in fear of is missing out on the one or two unicorns. Yeah. That's what, like, that's their nightmare. Yeah. And so they have different incentives at times that are misaligned to founders. And so I would just ask the question of like, well, you know, it's almost like consider, consider the source of your advice. Yeah. Right. And like, VCs can say one thing, but they're betting on a portfolio. They're not the one who's in there day in, day out on the thing. And so I tend to lean a little more the other way where I look at the, the founder, the CEO, and I'm interested like, hey, when this works, it's like a five-year thing. And if you, you cannot sustain this level of burnout, that you will burn out if you do that for five yeah. years. And it's such a common thing. We see so many mental health issues with founders, with execs, especially in the early stage. Um, and I think a lot of it comes from these, these types of behaviors where it's almost like playing into this hero narrative of like, oh, my startup has to be this thing and I have to destroy myself to do it. It's like, no, 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 you're unfocused. Like people, I, I, my counterpoint is like, there is certainly a time and a place to burn the candle at both ends. Right. I'm not saying that's not a thing, 100%. And I think we delude ourselves collectively that we live there all the time. That is a, like, you mm. want to be able to, you want to be able to go there when you need to. It's like, you know, it's like you want to dial it up to 10 at a certain moment in the playoffs of the NBA playoffs, right? We're in the yeah. NBA playoffs right now. Like yeah. you've got to be able to go there sometimes, but you can't live there. Yeah. It's and, not, there's not, there's no long-term game. You yeah, can't, yeah. you can't do that for, for, it's different to people how long they can do it, but you can't do it for years. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I I've, I've been through this myself in a couple phases of, of my career and like, I, I kind of know what my rhythms are and I know like how long I can go and I know the price I'll pay physically, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. Um, and I guess the point I'm trying to make is that um, there is a, absolutely a time and a place for that, but it's 
almost by definition, it is a small minority of the time. And yeah. if someone is doing it outside that small minority, something else is going on. And my assertion is that a lot of those other times, what's going on is they're unfocused. They don't have a strategy. They don't mm. actually know what they're doing. They don't actually know who they're serving and what the product is and for whom and why and why that person wants that thing. And so what they're doing is they're trying to make up for that lack of clarity and focus by just overwhelming brute amounts force. of brute force, just yeah. overwhelming brute force. But the reality, and this is something that I have this conversation a lot with, with founders and, and well, actually just execs at all stages, it, it is so common that we're unfocused, right? You ask like, oh, okay, what's the priority? You get like 12 things back. Yeah. No, no, I said priority, singular, not like 12 item prioritized list. And what that's really saying is we don't actually have a strategy and we don't actually have a strategy because we are unwilling to make the uncomfortable hard choices and say no to good things in favor of going deep on the few that truly, truly matter. And so I think what we're really describing here is very often the, the end result of a lack of focus and strategy, which usually comes from we don't actually know what we're building for whom and why they give a shit. Yeah, as um, I'm speaking with someone recently and talking about how, you know, importance of knowing your purpose and knowing and being the comp confident in the thing that you're doing driven by a purpose. And like those all come together to make you better focus. So you're not mm -hmm. spending time doing things that don't lead you to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Like it's, it's a conversation I have with, with founders and, and company leaders a lot, like when I just started working with, you know, I often refer to it as like the leadership strategy stack or the leadership stack, or sometimes just the strategic context. It's like, it's the context in which all of us are doing our jobs and doing our work. Where are we going? How are we getting there? Why? What does that look like? Basic questions, shocking how few people take the time <laughs> to answer them. Yeah. Especially considering how much time and energy we pour into these, these, these ventures, these projects. It's unbelievable to me how um, how many people are just I'm not going to say flying blind, but they're just kind of doing this on default mode, just throwing energy at the thing instead of like sitting down and answering some hard questions. It's just like the art of war. It was like the um, what's it? Tactics without strategy is a quick is a long way to lose, and something like that. Strategy without tactics is the quick way to lose. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the, the line, but that that makes sense to me. Yeah, you know, but like it, it's one of those things where I remember I had I had this this conversation uh, with with someone who's now a client before we were working together, and it, I, I was just asking simple questions, just trying to understand <laughs> this context because I wanted to understand him yeah. and what they were doing and what motivated him and all this stuff, and and we just got deep into the weeds on like purpose and mission and vision and this sorts of thing, and and like just to, those words get thrown around a lot. So let me be clear about what I mean when I use those words. Purpose to me is like why are we doing this at all? That's what people often refer to as mission. Right. Mission to me, I, I come from a military family. And so I think of missions as like concrete, discrete, achievable things. Okay. So that's like a, the other people would call it like a, a BHAG, a, a big, hairy, audacious goal or a high, hard goal or whatever. It's like, cool, what is this really big goal that has metrics attached to it? And then vision is like, well, what does the world look like when we're succeeding in delivering on our purpose? And so those, those three are like a trifecta to me. Okay. So it's like, why are we doing this? What does it look like and how do we know? And the how do we know is the mission piece, right? Like, oh, you know, this vision is this huge way the world looks differently. And that is probably bigger than our company in the best case, right? It's some huge, like the world is better in a significant way. Yeah. Like I'm working with a sleep tech company right now and they're talking about like this vision where every American ha gets enough sleep and wakes up feeling refreshed and awesome. 
right? That is huge. And it's way bigger than their company alone can do. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like, so what's your part in that? What, what where, you know, call your shot. What do you want to do? And so they're, they picked a, you know, a really big goal that is inside that vision. And that is now their like North star to use that term. That's and then, awesome. And then strategy is like, cool. Now we know where we're going. How are we getting there? What yeah. are we not doing? It's good to break those down because I feel like a lot of that to your point. Yeah. A lot of folks just use those and sometimes interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mission purpose. Like these things are just thrown around a lot. And I don't think that my answer is right or that there is a right answer. I just, but I do think that's important to be clear of what, it what is. do we mean when we use this word? That's awesome. Like, I don't care what you mean. Just be clear about what you're saying. <laughs> that's awesome. Man. That's how, so that's, that's kind of how I think about it. And then, and then, you know, now we, now we have a, a context and kind of the umbrella and direction of this whole thing. Now we're down to strategy. Now we can start to talk about like the actual week to week, quarter to quarter work of leadership and management of like, okay, we have a strategy. Like now what are our objectives? What are the goals? Let's talk about OKRs. Let's talk about discovery. Let's talk about delivery, blah, blah, blah. You know, but again, people tend to just jump to those later pieces and never actually create and continue to develop and evangelize the, the bigger picture. How do you, I feel like people would, would feel like would come back and say, oh, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to do that stuff. Like, how do you, how do you reel them in and be like, no, this thing, this thing is actually important. You need to handle it right now so that tomorrow is more efficient. Um, it, it depends on the person. Um, some people just don't, some people, some people just won't. Some okay. people are unwilling and, and I don't tend to, I don't want to work with people who are unwilling. Right? Okay. It's like, fair. okay, fine. Yeah. You convince them that they need this thing. Then they're yeah, probably like, not I'm trying to help anyway. you make whatever you're trying to do the most successful it can be. Yeah. If you're not interested in that, like no problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Do your thing. Bye. Um, good luck. Uh, so usually it doesn't take that much convincing and, and most of them that I talk to anyway, like they kind of know and they just need permission to like admit mm. that they don't know that, yeah. that it needs to be addressed. And then they're like, okay, like let's, let's sort this out. It doesn't take that long. It's not like this is spend a month on this. This yeah. is like a couple good hours of hard thinking and some conversations. Like it's not that long, but the ROI is enormous. Yeah. The good, good use of those couple hours. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is the hard thinking that makes everything else better. Yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty good ROI. That's so, awesome. you know, you can break it down that way. You can break it down emotionally where you're like, all right, well, what's your product vision? And they're like, blah, blah, blah. they start rambling. And usually you get like a list of goals or whatever that are pointed in five directions. And you're like, that wasn't a vision. <laughs> <laughs> or you get something back and you're like, so key thing about that word vision, um, I need to be able to see it. And you get a thing that you're like, I, what, what am I supposed to see here? Yeah. Like show me something. <laughs> it's a vision. That's awesome. So, but anyways, there's a lot of ways to do it, but, uh, I think what, what matters the most is however it is done, that it is done. That's awesome. I don't much care the specific format, do whatever works for you. Oh man. Yeah. Thank you for, for coming down and chatting. Yeah. It's great, great, man. I'm so glad we got this, this chance together. It's so much fun to, to hang and geek out on these things. Oh you. yeah. You think we do. I think we do the podcasting for the same reason. Yeah, it's, exactly. just, it's just fun to have these conversations. Totally. Right? Well, there you go. A little bonus track from my conversation with Andrew Scottsgo. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It was, a, it was a great one. He's a great guy. I'd like to thank Andrew again for coming down to the studio. I'd like to thank our sponsors, PMA and Uruit. I'd like to thank you all for listening to us once again. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please smash that subscribe button. And we'll catch you next time on Product in LA.